This is Foolish Adventure, episode 37, How to Grow Your Business and Extend Your Reach. Welcome to another episode of Foolish Adventure. I'm Izzy Hyman, and I'm here with my friend and colleague, Tim Conley. Hello, Tim. Yo, what's up, Izzy? Yo, what's up, Tim? Timmy. How you doing? Do you like Timmy? I hate that. (laughs) Whoops. (laughs) (laughs) So, so, whoops, okay. Tim, what are we talking about today? Because we were just talking about this right before the show that we've talked a lot to beginners, somebody who's brand new to business or is thinking about starting a business or they're thinking about taking action and all this stuff. And now we said, you know, let's let's do something for people who have already started taking action. They've already started building something. Now what? And well, one of the, there's there's so much you can do. Of course, know, there's yeah. optimizing and all sorts of stuff. But in this, what we want to talk about today is extending your reach, which means which which means actually a few things, but mostly in that. You are uh, going out beyond your particular uh, world. You know, uh, your reach. It could be just to the audience you currently have. It could be uh, uh, your you know, circle of influence, your peers, those things. You, you've got a certain level of reach. Uh, all of us do, uh, even if we're just getting started. We all have a certain level of reach that we can use for promoting what we're doing. Uh, to tell others what what's going on, but what we're ta- uh, wanting to talk about is going uh, much further afield, uh, uh, reaching way out, reaching to other people, so that you can, ri- especially if you're new in a ni- in a niche, you know, you're go, you got something going, you're making some money, but you're still relatively new in a niche, then you can reach out to uh, other people who have been doing it for a while longer and end up getting yourself as uh, at the level of peer so that you're not like the new guy on the block. You know, you're, you're actually somebody who's uh, at the same level, at least intellectually uh, knowledge wise or something at the same level, maybe uh, not audience size, but you know, you've got the same chops they got. Okay. So let's use a case study and the case study that I'm going to submit for your approval here, Tim is paper clipping. All right. All right. So with paper clipping, one of the things that we did is we created this roundtable podcast where Noel and uh, several other scrapbookers, Noel Hyman, Nancy Nally, and then the, she'll have other scrapbookers that come on the show. And we're always looking. We have we have folks that are like regulars that are always, that you know we kind of return to over and over again uh, because they're really great on the show. And then we also have we're always trying to bring in new blood. Also, like introduce it does a couple things at the same time. It introduces us to new people's audience, right? And when I say right. us, I'm talking about the paper clipping. Uh, paper clipping brand it intru- introduces them to a new audience like for example a good example would be uh, Tim Holtz Tim is a male uh, a male scrapbooker like a craftsperson which is not something you see very often right so he and he has an enormous audience of very passionate people that just love him to death and so when we announced that we were going to have Tim Holtz on the uh, on the show that episode happened to be one of the most downloaded ones and a lot of people that signed up to become paper clipping members later said they found out about paper clipping from the Tim Holtz episode so in that way it helps us right right but at the same time we're having new people on the show all the time and so we're we're introducing our audience to new people that are you know up and comers, right? Right. So we're becoming a source for discovering new talent, which helps us also, and it helps them. So it becomes this kind of it's kind of cool, actually. It's it's everybody's helping each other. It's a very cooperative type of you know 
I, I guess you could say it's a cooperative type of product when really it's just, it's these awesome conversations between people that all love the same thing. Yeah. You know, we, we, we reached out to uh, Pat Flynn right, uh, right. to do, cause I thought he would just be fantastic to have uh, on the show because I think a lot of people could learn a lot from him. I love his, I love his stuff. And well, it was great. You know, it was, it was awesome. And a lot of people have gone over there. I've seen some people saying, Oh, uh, on, in his comments going, Oh, you know, I heard about you from foolish adventure. And, and so we sent some traffic his way. And it, so it, it extended, uh, his smart passive income brand into our audience. And then the foolish adventure brand has been extended into his audience. Yeah. Just, I, I guess, maybe last week, I think he put up a blog post where he said four podcasts you should be listening to. And this is one of the ones that he recommended, which is awesome. Yeah. That, it, that he listens to also. Right. Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. So, so, which is awesome. Thanks, Pat, if you're listening to this, thanks for putting us in there, but that's, that's a, that's a good way to extend your brand is by including other people in what you're doing. Yeah. We've talked in the past about guest posting, you know, getting, uh, creating content for someone else's website. Uh, uh, we've talked about content partnering where you take, you're actually going to be making content for someone el- else's site on a regular basis. Like a guest post might happen just once, uh, maybe a couple of times in a year. That would be just guest posting. But if you're actually a content partner where you're providing content on a regular basis, that's another way to extend your reach to a certain extent but that doesn't necessarily put you at peer level, you know, as a, as a guest poster, uh, where, where you start interacting with one another. As you said, with the, the roundtable, everybody at, at the roundtable is a peer and the audience sees them as a peer. And, and that, that can take somebody at one level and raise them to another level. It, and it, I would say it almost never lowers anyone's status. It just raises everyone up in status by, uh, by doing those kind of things. I, I, I couldn't even think of a, maybe there is some instance where you can lower your own brand by associating with other people, but I think it's pretty hard to do. Yeah. Uh, it, it, this idea of creating content for somebody else's site also is something that happened to me. I was just trying to think if I've done this for Izzy Video, and it's interesting. I have an example of it, but it's a little bit unique, and that is that Meta Cafe is a website sort of similar to YouTube where people can upload you know, user-generated videos and stuff like this. It's called Meta Cafe. Well, several years ago, they contacted me and said, hey, we were looking at, we were looking at uh, you know, creating some videos on how to do video production, and then we found your website, and we think you know, you've already done it. Why should we go through the trouble? Can we just license some of your videos? And so, and anyway, we went through the whole thing and they licensed it. So they actually paid me to put some of their videos on their website, right? And so that was awesome. And I bought a new Mac Pro computer with that money. But <laughs> in fact, uh, the Mac Pro before this one is the one that I bought with that money back then. So I, so I got the, the, the laptop or the computer that I wanted for video editing and all this. And then, but at the same time, they let, they said, I'll, you know, go ahead and promote your site at the end of each one of the videos. So it would show the video tutorial and then it would say, go to izzyvideo.com for more and for, for more tutorials like this. Right. So it was also driving a lot of traffic to my site. So they paid me for the videos and it drove a lot of traffic to my site. It's so cool. That's awesome. 
Yeah. So that's a, you know, that was me extending my reach. Definitely. You know, and that's happened a couple other times too. You know, in fact, one other time that I could think of is when Microsoft contacted me and wanted to, uh, there's a, a gentleman at Microsoft who I'd met. And this is one of those situations where these things don't happen unless you're out there. But I met him at a podcasting academy. I went to this academy to, and I paid a couple hundred dollars to attend. And it was a day of podcasting training. And he was sitting right next to me. We struck up a conversation. Then fast forward three years later, and he's in a high position at Microsoft and says, I want to have all the Microsoft people podcasting and you have a great resource. He goes, uh, can I license a bunch of videos, you know, and actually put them on our internal Microsoft employees only website for them to learn how to do video better. Right. That's, that's awesome. So that's cool too. So that's same kind of thing. You know? Right. And so it's extending my reach. It's getting me out there. But that mine was definitely very unique in that they were offering to pay for the content. And this is something I feel like I need to do more with Izzy Video, actually, frankly, is do more of this extending my reach. Well, I think the idea of getting paid for your content isn't really that unique. I mean, it's actually kind of old school where, where these companies were, that would need this stuff, they can't just take it. Right. And, and they really don't want to bring in... Uh, a bunch of ads from YouTube or whatever, like uh, th- those that kind of branding, uh, especially when you're like Microsoft with the, you know, kind of competition with Google and, and all that. So you don't want to bring in these other brands and advertising those brands inside your business. It's very common to just license it or pay somebody to create the product for you. So th- that's it's common. And if you have something that is, that there has a high barrier to entry, like videography, right? If you're going to shoot video, there's a, a pretty high barrier. You know, I've shot commercials in, a, a long time ago, and and well, it costs a lot of money mm-hmm. to get uh, to get all the lighting and get everybody in place and get scripts and all all that stuff. It's it's a big production. Well, if they can do that without the hassle. Well, then it, it makes sense for them just to license just, it. Yeah. yeah, just license it. Just yep. go in there, a lot pay easier. for it. Mm-hmm. Much easier and probably a lot cheaper, mm-hmm. especially if the person doesn't know how valuable the stuff is. So, but as, a, as the content creator, you can go out and uh, find those types of opportunities where you can actually create content for particular people, like taking the Izzy video concept, a Meta Cafe. Well, you could even extend that. Like if you still wanted to have a good relationship with them, you could build even more content specifically for them. You could do more specifically for Microsoft. And, and uh, you've been uh, linked. Uh, did you get linked to from Apple or? Well, no, that's in the works. That's okay. something that I dropped the ball on. That, okay. that I need to get back to. But yeah, what, what Tim's referring to is, is that uh, an Apple employee contacted me and said that the Apple employees have a behind the scenes website where Apple employees get access to stuff at either free or highly discounted prices. And so I contacted Apple and we're in the process of getting it set up to where any Apple employee around the world would have access to uh, Izzy Video, you know, Izzy Video content at no charge. Right. right? So that would definitely extend my reach. Right. For sure. Right. You know, and then, but it's already, you know, it it already kind of happens a little bit anyway, where an Apple employee, when somebody buys a copy of Final Cut Express, a lot of times an Apple employee will say, hey, by the way, there's this great tutorial on how to use this software at izzyvideo.com. You should go check it out. You know, it's free. Right. Right. So that is happening already. That's definitely your reach will be extending on its own word of mouth, website links and all this stuff. But the, but 
you know, making arrangements and building relationships and having contacts, you know, that Apple employee called me and offered this just because I had spent some time talking to him at another live event. That's the reason why we had that relationship. You know, real life relationships are huge. Yeah. And that's, that's a form of extending your reach is going out and actually meeting people. One other uh, thing from your business is you've had professors who have asked to use, use Izzy video uh, for, for their uh, classes. Instead of a textbook, right? right? That's happened two or three times now. And that's definitely extending my reach. And, you know, these younger video production people, they're just starting. I mean, this is entry level video production. And, they, you know, and every, it's kind of funny because I'll see them pop up and start following me on Twitter. And, you know, they'll be from one of the classes or something. And they're just they're just getting started. But they're, you know, that's definitely and, extending my and reach. See, the, the other way of extending your reach is also in the products that you offer. As I was saying, you could craft products specifically for Microsoft. You could craft mm-hmm. products specifically for Metacafe. You could craft an actual uh, video textbook. You know, not not the printed kind, but one that's uh, you you create this product that's about the different basics of video. It, I would call up a couple of professors, the one especially the ones who've already used it, and say, "What stuff is missing from the videos that you're using?" And how about I just make a package of things that you can then send your students to and and then buy it at whatever price point uh, makes sense, right? And then now you've got. Uh, the Izzy Video Academy or Izzy Video College, you know, what, uh, what you could call it, whatever. But it's, it's essentially moving that how-to, which is a lot of stuff we talk about, being a content creator is not just about doing internet marketing type tactics. You can go out and use it in, uh, in the offline world, but deliver it through the, uh, through the internet. Yeah, it's awesome. That's very good. So, Tim, you have more experience with extending reach than I have because you've you've had to help a lot of businesses that are up and running actually do this. I mean, what are some other ways other than what we've already talked about or or for for somebody to look into extending their reach? Okay, um, we can I was just trying to decide, should we talk a little bit about some of the offline stuff? Uh, It still works in the online world. I, I've done a lot with offline companies bringing them online, trying to marry those two different worlds. And ways of extending your reach would be to become an expert that, uh, if, if you're in a particular niche that has associations, becoming an expert that the associations print. You know, they, they put out newsletters. They, they have stuff on their websites. They need content. And you can be that like a columnist or something. Right. You mm-hmm. can be that expert on a particular topic that they want. You'll end up getting speaking uh, engagements out of it. You'll go and speak at the conferences. And those speaking engagements will get people wanting more from you. And so you may end up doing more speaking. You may end up creating new products. You may find that because you came in as a speaker that other people in the association now put you at their level and want to do a partnership with you. And then you do some sort of cross promotion and, or they just say, Oh, I love your stuff. Let me promote your online product to my, to my audience. And, and then now you've just doubled your business. Uh, Those, those types of things can happen by thinking more, thinking about your online business as a business and, and not so much as, Oh, you know, I, I'm I'm just selling an ebook. 
uh, online. You know, it, it actually think of it as these are the things a business does to extend its reach and go out and do them, even though they may not be the traditional thing that you're going to hear other internet marketers tell you to do. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, you, you actually, I kind of, I'm to the point now where I'm sitting here going, oh my gosh, I need to do this. I need to do that. I need, and one thing I'm definitely thinking here is I need to be out among people more because I spend so much time holed up in my house, actually working on my business, you know, shooting videos and writing posts and sending out emails and, and, you know, and this kind of stuff. I'm working out of my house all the time. And I'm not talking like go to Starbucks. I'm talking about like go to the conferences that happen here, like the one, you know, Arizona, um, entrepreneurship conference, right. which I missed. And, you know, a couple other ones that happen around here. I attend PodCamp, but I don't really go to a lot of the other ones. And then the other thing is, is making myself available for the public speaking more. I'm thinking I should do that because I probably only do that two or three times a year. And I'm, I feel motivated to do that more. Uh, I have been feeling like I actually, I've been enjoying that. I was kind of surprised how much I enjoy doing that. I guess I'm not too surprised, but I'm kind of, I'm, I am surprised to find out that I enjoy talking about video in a public speaking type of thing, yeah. which is a technical, you know, type thing. So it turns out that I'm kind of surprised I enjoyed that. But anyway, so I'm going to, I think I'm going to end up needing to do more of that and building these relationships. You know, another thing is making yourself available to be interviewed on other people's shows. Volunteering to be interviewed is huge. Yes. Uh, it's, I, I don't know enough about because I, I do like go out and get people to be on interviews. And, and for me, it's like getting asked, you know, it's like, I, I don't put any, I've never really put any effort into it. I know Joe, Joe has, cause he's used publicists and things like that to actually get, extend his brand. And when you say Joe, you're talking about Joe, Joe Polish, Polish, your yeah, mentor sorry, for anybody you know, listening. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I'm having a conversation with you. I yeah, completely I know. Exactly. forget that the <laughs> that audience may not, may not know <laughs> who I'm talking about. So I, I know he's done things like that to get himself out there, uh, but uh, he's done a lot of getting lots of uh, interviews. And interviews, doing interviews, is also a great way to extend your reach, uh, not just because you're uh, – uh, one reason is you become a peer – People and then the second thing is people assume you're an expert. Uh, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, Dan Rather. Uh, you know, before his big fall, uh, you know, people assumed he was an expert. Uh, Charlie Rose, great interviewer. Uh, people just automatically assume he's an expert. It's like all he's doing is interviewing experts, but you uh, automatically get that a designation by doing these uh, doing these interviews so it raises your status by doing interviews uh, it raises your status with your audience uh it also ex- get us other people who go oh you interviewed so and so okay i'll be on your show too yeah you know that that's a that's a way or or blog or you know however you're pr- uh putting out the interviews but people will actually uh start associating those things and then that right there starts creating this brand that other people are going to want access to. Yeah. Yep, exactly. And that's awesome. And I've, uh, you know, going back to the interview thing, just as a, as a tip here to our listeners, you don't have to say things like I'm available for interviews. You can say that like on your about page, you can say things like, you know, if you're contacting me for an interview, you know, email, email me here for this, you know, whatever. And then just that, by itself implies that you're open to interviews, that that's something people do with you. And then the other thing is, is that when you are interviewed, make sure you blog about it because that will send the message that you can interview me. 
you know, and not only that, but if you interview me, look here, I blog about this and that will help the likelihood that you get interviewed. You know, back when I used to po when I used to do a lot more interviews, when I was first getting started and Izzy video was pretty new on the web, I used to do a lot of interviews and people were sort of blown away, you know, and they would interview me and then I would post about the interviews and it would drive traffic to them and I'd get more traffic and everybody's all happy about it all the time, you know? Yeah. But then there's, but then, you know what? It, the people do get to the point where they don't need to post about their interviews anymore. You know, like if I did an interview right now, I'm, it, I guess maybe I would post about it depending on what the interview was. But if it was some like hugely, you know, uh, what is it called? Like a, a authority type of site that was, it, it, I would definitely post about that because the implied uh, social proof Right. You know, associated with that, that look, there's they're interviewing me on this very high authority website. So, yes, I must know what I'm talking about <laughs> or right. something like that. Right. You know, that's the implication. Yes. So but uh, but I don't really try for those anymore. Uh, maybe I should do that a little bit more, too. What yeah. else should I be doing, Tim? <laughs> You're helping me out here. This is good. Um, step outside your outside of your industry. OK, so uh, it, this is easy to do if you're like just a marketer like myself, I've worked in well a bunch of industries. Right. So, so being outside of an industry, I feel like I'm always outside of an industry because I, I w will work with uh, all sorts of things that I find interesting. So what you need to do is in your niche, there are uh, things that fall directly in your niche. Then there are things that are uh, tangential or adjacent to your niche. So those things you would want to find, it's, it's slightly related to it. It's not direct competition. Uh, it's just related to your niche. You start interacting with that group because it's going to give you ideas that your niche doesn't think about. Because uh, sometimes what happens is the information in a particular industry becomes uh, very incestuous. It's just, uh, it just piles on itself. Uh, everybody says the exact same things. And nothing new is coming out of it. So I, I get conceptually what you're talking about here, but I feel like I need some concrete examples. Okay, I would go to, uh, if, if there's something in uh, cake decorating, let's okay. go back to that okay. one, okay. Um, one of our uh, standbys. So uh, in cake de decorating, there's things that are specifically in cake decorating. But what is cake decorating? It's baking. Okay. OK, you have to bake. So you might want to go into something related to baking or or even stop a go, which would be adjacent to your niche. So you could go in and start interacting with other people who have these other creative ideas in different forms of baking. So you would associate with those. That'll give you new content. It'll uh, give you new people to talk to. Uh, you get new ideas. And then you might find that they go, you know, we actually need someone to come and talk about cake decorating or to actually teach this over here, uh, you know, because you would never have known about it. They would never have known about you had you not stepped outside of your little niche. Uh, and, and a lot of times it makes it easier on other people because like, well, who do you pick in this niche that everybody talks about the exact same thing? Who do you pick to be the one who comes over and does this? Well, the, you pick the guy who steps outside of his niche. Going further afield, it would be things like uh, cooking in general. So you start uh, uh, interacting with people in, in the uh, cooking industry, and you might find, well, hey, they want somebody to come over and teach this or speak about it and bring in maybe 
the creative, the, the decorative side of cake decorating to how to make a presentation for a meal or something. You know, something that's just a, a bit off from what you normally do. And that will extend your reach. And then you might find, well, gosh, you know, that, that really pulls you even further and further into other things. And then that also brings your expertise in your small area and gives you expertise in a bigger area. That's awesome. Yeah, that's really cool. I like that strategy. And I'm sitting here, my mind is whizzing trying to figure out, okay, what would I do? You know, let's talk about another method of extending your reach. And that's something I don't think we've really spent a lot of time talking about. And that is setting up affiliate programs. Yes, I, I definitely wanted to cover this one because th- this one is like the big moneymaker. You know, wh- how's it the big moneymaker? Uh, free marketing. I mean, advertising is expensive. So if you're going to advertise, if you're going to market, uh, a lot of times you need some more speed. You, you need things going out you need, uh, or you need some consistency. So if you get some good steady affiliates, then you get this consistency of, well, if I'm going to do a promotion, they're going to promote it and their customers are going to buy it. And then I only have to pay for the advertising, their commission, their affiliate commission is the cost of your advertising only after you got paid. It's, and it, and what a lot of people, and I've heard this and this is something to really be wary of this mentality like, oh, it's going to cost me 50% or I only want to pay 25% to these people. Well, if your costs, if it's an electronic, a digital product, your costs are going to be maybe with a, a high bandwidth thing like video, maybe a couple of bucks. Okay, so factor in that you need a couple of dollars, your products, uh, $25, you're going to give half of it away. So you're still going to end up making at least 15 bucks after all your expenses. That's $15 you would have never, ever gotten if that affiliate had not promoted for you. You would have never gotten those $15. It's free money. Uh, that, that's the best part of affiliate programs. And, and a lot of people think, well, I could have made those sales without the affiliates. You're lying to yourself. You would never have done it. Unless it's a really small niche and everybody knows everybody. And then you only want affiliates in, uh, you only need affiliates, not only want them, but you only need affiliates in cross promotional things where you're, go- you're going to do a launch and then, and then they'll do a launch and you guys are all in promoting that, each other, promoting each other's stuff. And, and that can, that can happen. Uh, so you, uh, but that doesn't tend to build a business that just keeps, you know, everybody, you know, lining their pockets. Yeah. Yeah, we've had really good luck with affiliate programs, especially when it comes to do, running a certain promotion. And I, I don't think uh, I don't think I should mention anybody by name here for this show, but I I will say that there's one person uh, that I think of right off the bat that for paper clipping we said you know you promote paper clipping to your audience, and we will give you a coupon code that only your audience has that they get a bigger discount than what our audience gets for, and it'll only go for three days, you know, something like that. So we'll run a three-day promotion on their website, and then they'll make 50% of the commissions on every membership that comes in. And they, they, you know, who's not going to love that? All they have to do is put out a, a blog post or an email or something like that, and 
and they make money for promoting something for us that they didn't have to create. So they love it. They make money. And then a few months later, if we, or weeks later, whatever, if we come back and say, let's do it again, they're like, yeah, absolutely on board. I mean, right. we're winning, they're winning. Yes. We're sharing 50% of our commissions with that person, but that's like, to your point where these folks, these folks wouldn't have, would have already signed up if they knew about us you know, using one of our promotions maybe. Right. And then, but they, uh, but they didn't. The only downside, the only thing that we've run into is that a lot of times these people don't have a background with us, so they don't really know us and they do not behave sometimes like the rest of our customers do that. They, that they're a little different than the rest of our customers and that they, that they, uh, you know, the questions they ask or they don't really, they don't have a history with us. They've never followed us. They just found out who we were signed up during this promotion and now it's brand new to them. And so, um, it's wild because, you know, there's definitely more refunds in that situation. There's definitely more questions and overcoming objections and more uh, help with afterwards, more help in that situation. So, OK, a little off topic because I can't help myself when it comes to consulting. stuff. <laughs> um, so so well, this, this this will happen with other people's affiliate programs, because if they don't have a history with you, they're going to be a different type of customer. Yep. And. What you need to do is, um, what do they call them? An orientation. Uh, like, orientation, acclimation. Right. So when, Here's when what we're, yeah. someone new comes in, they, they get, especially if you've done this a while, you know what some of the questions are going to be. Well, you make orientation audios or orientation videos or, uh, or articles, and you run them through that first. That's the starter kit. Start here. Yep. Uh, I, I, I do that with like every type of product, yeah. you know, it's start like here, start here because yeah. uh, everybody wants to know, well, where do I start? <laughs> and because it makes it convenient. <laughs> uh, you know, you bought a product, uh, you want to know where to start uh, you. Uh, so you just go right there and it makes it a lot simpler so that uh, for people who are using affiliates, if you find that these affiliates are not uh, behaving the way you really want them to. The affiliates or the customers? The, the customers coming okay. from the affiliates. Okay. Uh, if, if they're not behaving the way you would really want them to, well, then you need to educate them. Mm-hmm. It means that they, they're not educated in the way you do business. Yeah. So what do you do? You educate them. That, that, that's a way to handle that. Um, to get back on topic with affiliates, there's a lot of things we could cover, like Go, uh, going more in depth we should like do maybe a show on affiliates but uh, for the extending your reach part of affiliates one of the things that people make a mistake in is they go after people in their own niche to be affiliates and a lot of times these people are not marketers they, they they may never make a sale for you. They may join your affiliate program, but they'll probably never make a sale for you. They don't really know how to promote. This is one of the first things you told me when I met you. In fact, at PodCamp, when I met you, I remember you saying, because you asked me if I had an affiliate program. I said it was just new. I was just rolling it out. There's some people, but I need to create some training for them. That's what I said. I need to create right. some training for these folks because they don't really know how to be affiliates yet. Right. And you said to me, don't train those folks on how to be affiliates. Go find folks that are already really good at being affiliates and just let them be aware of what you have to offer and they'll do everything. Yes, because uh, you still have to give them the tools, but they already know how. So all they want is the promotional tools because they already know how to actually make 
uh, a and when you say promotional tools, what do you mean? Uh, what to say in the email? Like, what are the talking actual points? Emails. And, actual emails. You, yeah. you can give somebody actual emails, but the best thing is uh, talking points. But a lot of times affiliates are lazy. They just want to do copy and paste. So, yes, you have to eventually create some copy and paste stuff. Though the best ones, are, the best affiliates will create specific content in their voice to their audience that knows how they talk and will create something brand new. And, and if it's brand new, if there's any overlap in affiliate promotions, then the one that's more authentic is the one that's going to get the sale than the one that's just using the same canned uh, version that someone else is using. So you have to end up creating those over time. You don't have to start there, but you create them over time. But if you also have to create the promotional materials and train people how to be an affiliate, it's going to be much harder. Uh, it's, it's going to be very difficult for you to make a sale. And, you're, and you, as the content creator, can get very frustrated with the whole affiliate thing and think it's a complete waste of your time. But if you go out and you look for people who are already selling uh, things similar to yours and, and you see that they're, they're getting affiliate commissions for promoting someone else's products, well, it sounds like they know what an affiliate pro, uh, pro, uh, program is. So go contact that person and see if they want to promote your product too. I love it. So these are some ways to extend your brand. Another way is to send people samples send people samples to talk about. And, you know, this is what companies do like in, in the real world. You know, I, I have in my living room right now, I received some boxes from a company that wants me to look at their green screen, you know, situation. And then if I like it, make a video about it. Right. So that's them extending. They're sending me a free sample. I, I, I don't get to keep it. It's several thousand dollars for this thing. I don't get to keep it, unfortunately, but, but I am going to send it back when I'm done. And this is not something I normally do, but this is kind of innovative. And I actually have a little bit of a relationship, right, with the person who sent it to me. This is somebody I've, we've emailed and Twittered and stuff like that back and forth. So they send me this, and now I'm going to make a video about it, which helps promote their product. And there will be almost for sure some sales where people in my audience buy this just based on the based on the fact that I created a video about it, right? You know, because I've seen it. I know the magic. I know how it's so different and how how it's awesome and it's different from what other people are doing. And you know what I mean. So it's unique and it's easier. So I'm gonna anyway. I just I'll be able to illustrate that in a video format. And then so this is another example of extending the reach. I had somebody else who, not too long ago, this is really smart. This he blogged about me and sent a bunch of people to my um, to uh, my website. Oh, shoot. What is the name of the website? Oh, I can't remember. So, oh, oh, darn it. I wish I could remember. But it's where the, it was a whole long post. It was trying to be like the one go-to resource. If you're just getting started with a video, here's what you do. And it was like 10 steps, you know, and it was long. It was a pillar article. And, and he, he, uh, he wrote about me and linked to me, and I got some traffic from it. And I noticed that by the time I got there to say thanks, it already had like 40 or 50 comments. So I know it's got a big, it's got a good size audience. And then, and then, uh, you know, we had like a couple emails back and forth and then fast forward a month, a month and a half, he emails me and says, Hey, I wrote this ebook about getting started with video. I think your audience might be really interested in it. And, you know, it, it, maybe you want to make your audience aware of it. And, and I, I even linked that, to you that on page lesson, blah, blah, blah. Right. That lesson is very important. Okay. He did not just start off pitching you. No, he didn't. Okay. Too many people do that. 
Yeah. Too, too many people are too lazy to actually really promote their product. They, they think, oh, if I just send an email to this person and say, hey, can you promote it for me? And, and, and assuming that they'll do it just because of the money. Well, they've got, they've got promotional opportunities galore. They don't need yours. And even if there's a good chance that there could be a lot of money made, if, if they don't know you, they, don't, they, uh, they definitely don't know of your conversion rates. They don't know your audience. Uh, there's a lot of things they don't know about you. And what people do when they don't know is they, they see it as risk and therefore back away from it. That's what's going to happen. But if you take the time to actually try to build a relationship, it's a business relationship. It's not like, you know, you're trying to become buddies. Right. You, oh, no. And, and right. I don't even know anything about him, really, except that he blogged about me and, and that he's Twittered to me a couple times. I mean, we've just literally probably communicated three or four times. Right. So, and that's, that's a way to uh, connect with people. You, 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 get, uh, you go out and you try to get their attention uh, without doing, being a stalker, I guess, you know, you just want to get to know them, contact them and, and keep it very professional and brief, but start developing a business relationship with people before you just flat out pitch them. And a great way of doing that is offer to do something for them or promote their product. And, and if you do some decent sales uh, with their product, they're, they're going to notice because they're going to see, Hey, you're the guy who sold a hundred of these things. So, um, yeah, I'll talk to you. Uh, it makes, it's good financial sense for me to talk to you. There's, there's all sorts of ways to, uh, introduce yourself, right? You know, in quotations, introduce yourself. Uh, there's a, a lot of ways to do that. And, but you don't want to be the one you don't want is the one where you're pitching right in the very first introduction. And another way to extend your reach that I think is very smart is something I saw that Ella Publishing did. Ella Publishing in last year did a list where they said, they said, uh, you know, we're awarding, uh, it was something like the top 10 most influential scrapbookers in the industry this year. And they, it, this is very smart. You know, they had criteria and all this stuff. And then what ended up happening is they announced who the people were. And for each day, like everybody was giving away something free. So it was driving lots of traffic everywhere. And everybody put on their website this badge that says that I've been, you know, selected as one of the top 10 most influential scrapbookers. Well, by the way, it was one of these people. That's why I know intimately what happened here. But that badge is not only it's advertising for Ella Publishing and it's linking back. It's getting incoming links from the most influential websites quote, according to them. Right? right. But, but it's getting links back from, from, it's just so smart, you know? So we're linking back to them and driving traffic to them. And they position themselves as the authority that we are, we're the authority because we, look, we're, we're naming the top 10 most influential scrapbookers and people are talking about this. Oh, I'm so, you know, I'm very happy to be named one of the top 10, you know, right. That's just awesome. Well, we did that. With, we, we didn't uh, do that. Did with, we do foolish, that? with foolish adventure, uh, a guy, uh, uh, just starting a new a new blog, uh, wrote about us and saying he was uh, our we were his number one podcast. Oh, pick. that's right. And and we mentioned it. We talked about it. We even went to his site and said, "Hey, thanks for you know uh, choosing us." You know, so there and and I could see in our stats that traffic went back and forth. 
you know, uh, I know we had to have sent people there because uh, we got clicks on on the links to his site, and we got uh, incoming traffic incoming traffic from his site. So there there is vanity and uh, vanity and the uh, other side of that coin, flattery does tend to get you places. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. That's funny. Yeah. So, you know, that's interesting because I I guess like if we wanted to put ourselves out there, Tim, one thing that you and I could do is we could say, you know, the top 10 most influential internet marketers or something like that. And then, and then we award them and congratulate them, you know? So I'm not, we're not to that point. I'm not saying we're going to do that. And I'm I'm just saying that that is, that is a way to extend your reach. I had never seen that actually happen before. And I'm not, and it, and by the way, when I talk about these things, it may, I, I kind of laugh and I, and I'm joking around it, but I'm not re- I'm not really saying anything like somebody's being disingenuous. I'm not saying that this is all authentic stuff that's happening, but it's extending the reach in a legitimate way. Yes. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And that's the other thing. A lot of the stuff we're talking about, you can do this in a sleazy way. Every, every one of them, you can do them all in a deceptive way. And all that's going to do is, uh, kill your business in the future. You know, just don't do it. Be as authentic as possible. Be real about it. You know, don't try to trick people because, uh, if they find out it's going to be when bad. they find out. Yeah, when yeah. they find yeah. out, mm-hmm. it, it's it's going to be a bad for you. So just don't do that. Well, hopefully this episode's given our not beginners some ideas to help extend their reach. And if you are a beginner, this is stuff you can be thinking about now to extend your reach in the future. Hopefully, you found this information helpful and enjoy your foolish adventure. Thanks for listening to Foolish Adventure. If you found this information helpful and want more like it, please visit foolishadventure.com. Do you have specific questions you'd like us to answer? Leave a comment on the website. Who knows? Maybe we'll create a whole show to answer it. Also, we have a voicemail line where you can ask questions. The number is 480-331-4695.